Are you a high achiever who constantly find themselves overwhelmed, stressed, or anxious? Well, I'm going to be talking to you today about some of the reasons why we experience stress and anxiety as women. And it's probably not for the reasons that you think. So if you want to learn a little bit more about why as women, we tend to experience anxiety in this particular way, then this is going to be the episode for you. Welcome to Get Over Yourself the podcast for successful women who are ready to get out of their own way and quit letting fear hold them back. You've worked hard to get to where you are, so it's about damn time you felt confident enough to enjoy it. I'm your host, Eloise Tompkins, and I've spent over a decade mastering the art of psychology so I can help women just like you stop the self-doubt spiral and learn to love yourself enough to move forward. Welcome to another episode of Get Over Yourself. I am so excited to see how many of you have downloaded the previous episodes. Thank you so much for your support. I'm so excited that you are loving the episodes. The feedback that has come through so far has been positive. So if you are loving the podcast so far, please leave a five-star review if you feel so inclined with a few words so that other people can find this podcast and download this juicy goodness as well. Today, I want to have a bit of a chat about stress. Oh, I know, stress, right? I think it's something that we all can feel uh, from time to time, or maybe it's something that you feel quite a lot of a lot of the time. And this is something that certainly I come across in the work that I do with the high, highly ambitious, high achieving women that I work with, where there is a lot of stress, whether it's stress in their job, stress in their career, stress in their business. And they feel like they're having to manage constantly all of this stress that's going on in their lives. 38% of women actually report being or feeling time stressed as though they don't have enough time to do the things that they would like to do. And women also feel that they have more, that that they experience higher levels of stress than men. So stress is certainly something that does impact women. And I want to talk a little bit about why. And we'll get into that a little bit further into the episode. Thing is though, stress is actually in small doses healthy. And it's a really important part of being a human and it can motivate us to take action. So, I mean, imagine if you had a presentation that you're doing at work or you've got a specific deadline to complete a particular task. Stress can be a really helpful motivator in terms of us getting the job done. And it can prompt us to go over the final touches of the presentation or check the task before we submit it so that there's no errors and it gets us completing things as we need to. So it can be really helpful in that way. However, for the most part, a lot of us tend to say that we feel stressed a lot of the time, particularly the women that I work with will come in and they'll say, oh my goodness, I'm so stressed. I just feel like I cannot add anything more to my plate. And they'll also often talk about having physical uh, symptoms of stress, like headaches or finding it difficult to sleep or experiencing pain 
or being tired, but maybe wanting to sleep more or having skin problems. I know that's something for me that comes up sometimes when I'm stressed, having a lack of energy, losing interest in things because there's just no space for them to be able to enjoy it. Sometimes it can move into the emotional side of things where it can go from stress into a mental health disorder like anxiety or depression. It can leave us feeling emotions like anger, irritability, unhappiness. We might notice mood swings or uh, feeling like we're out of control is certainly a big one with the clients that I work with. It might also come out in forgetfulness, worry, difficulty making decisions, uh, not being able to focus, or even feeling bored. And this can play out in our work life. We might have a high workload and we might work long hours. And this can then sometimes impact our relationships within the workplace. We might have difficult relationships with our boss or our colleagues or clients. And sometimes that can play out in having an unfulfilling job or we're not stimulated enough. Or maybe our job is kind of pushing at the edges of our capabilities and we're not quite as skilled as we would like. So we're feeling stressed trying to manage the job. And this can then filter into our personal lives as well in terms of not wanting to be intimate with our partners, feeling isolated, uh, withdrawing from our friendship groups, and sometimes even feeling lonely. And so stress has some huge impacts on how we experience our life. And it doesn't feel pleasant when we have this chronic ongoing stress. Now, I think the thing is, is as women, we've normalized stress. We have normalized stress so much that we feel that it's just part of who we are, part of our makeup. And so when these women come and chat to me and say, oh my goodness, I feel so stressed. I feel so overwhelmed. It's almost like they're just kind of letting me know. And then we're going to go talk about something else. It's like, well, okay, let's just slow down a little and have a little chat about stress. And let's see what we can talk about here, because it's not healthy to experience chronic stress and it's not normal. This isn't the way that our body was designed. Our body was designed to release cortisol, to increase our stress levels in moments where we need it, but our body was not designed to have extended periods of stress. That's just not what our body was designed to do. However, if we kind of rewind back the tape of your life and look at where stress came from for you, I would argue that it's not an adult thing where stress is just developed because you've got a high pressure job or a successful business that you're running and you're wanting to do more with your life. I would take a guess that stress for women goes right back to our childhood. In fact, probably right back to the day that we were born and it was discovered that this our gender was going to be female because when we're a woman, there are so many societal expectations that get placed on us from a very young age. And 
you know, we can think of things like the amount of times that I've had clients that will say things to me like, oh, when I was at primary school and I saw this kid having no one to play with, I'd go over to them and invite them to play. And even though I didn't really like them and they were, you know, weren't a friend that I would have chosen to play with and, but I wanted to be nice. And then I got told by my teacher that I was being a good girl. Things like that reinforce the messages of what it means to be a woman that in order to fill this role, fulfill this role, then we need to do certain things. We need to play with the kid at school that we didn't particularly like. We need to do our homework after school. We need to give our uncle a hug at Christmas, even though we don't particularly like him. And we don't even know who he is. We only see him once a year. And maybe things are changing around this now, but I know for a lot of my clients, this was not our experience and we need to acknowledge and honor our experiences. And when these things have happened to us, we've been overriding the connection that we have with our body. We've been told to tune out of what our body is telling us. And if we see a kid sitting on the playground alone, got no one to play with, and we ha- we think, oh, I should go over to them and see if they want to play because that means that I'll be a good kid. People will praise me for that. There's a part of us inside that's saying, I don't actually want to do that, but I'm going to ignore that part because it's more important for me to get the approval of my parents, of my teacher, of other adults around me and reach out to that kid than it is to listen to my own body. And in those moments, that's where we have that little stress response. And it might just be a little minor stress response in that moment, but we squash it down. And over the years, more and more moments like that start to build up where uh, we, so for an example of mine, and I know that I'll speak about this more, is when I was in high school, I had, uh, I was sitting in class, maybe year eight, and a boy came up behind me, got some scissors, and I didn't know, like, I didn't know what was going on. I was doing my work, um, and he was behind me, got some scissors, and cut some of my hair cut a chunk of my hair out of, out of my head. And I went to tell the teacher because I was horrified. And the teacher said, oh, well, don't worry about it. And just laughed. And my stress response was quite high in that moment because you know my hair had been snipped and the teacher just laughed and didn't do anything about it. So I learned in that moment that when I have a stress response or some kind of emotional response, People aren't going to listen. And again, it's not just one experience. It's a combination of experiences over the years. We then start to learn to push our feelings down. And that's why we can do things like take on other people's needs and prioritize them over our own. That's why we want things to be perfect because we're trying really hard to do the right thing by other people. And that's why we can also feel like we're 
not good enough because we're constantly trying to look around at our environment and do what we are deeming is the right thing to do in that particular moment. And what that disconnect means is that we're disconnected from how we are feeling and we're not in tune with our body. And because we're not in tune with the smaller cues and signals that our body is giving us, when we get older, we have really disconnected from those cues that our body is sending out for out to us. And so we take on more and more and more. We work late at work. We say yes to babysitting our sister-in-law's kids, even though we've really just exhausted and want to veg on the couch and watch trashy TV. We agree to have our parents stay with us, even though we live in a small apartment and don't have room and don't want to say no, because if we say no, then that's going to blow up the family dynamics. All of these things contribute to our overall stress because we haven't been able to listen to those smaller cues. What And, and also not just listen to those smaller cues, but then develop ways to cope with stress as it occurs. We become adults who whose bodies have kind of said, okay, you haven't listened to me for such a long time and here I am, I'm stressed, I'm here perpetually because you don't listen to me anyway. So now I'm just going to hang around and annoy the absolute crap out of you because you're doing way too much and I'm going to stick around and try and tell you that you're doing way too much in the hopes that you will eventually listen but we don't. (laughs) What we actually have a tendency to do is say, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I'm so overwhelmed. And then we just keep doing the same things. We keep people pleasing. We keep putting other people's needs ahead of our own. We keep squashing down our own emotions and our own feelings and our own intuition. And then we wonder why we feel so stressed. And What I often see a lot of is when there are holidays coming up for people and they say, oh, I can't wait for this holiday. It's going to be so good. I'm finally going to be able to switch off. And they go on the holiday and they come back and they've had a great time. They've been able to switch off. Although sometimes there's clients who come back and they have really struggled to switch off, which is, you know, something else as well. Um, and then they, they almost say, you know, like Ellie, I think, I think I don't need coaching anymore. I think I'm good. I, I feel so good. And my response to that is always, okay, well, let's just give it a little, you know, another couple of weeks and, and then we'll see how we go. And guaranteed what happens is we fall back into old patterns, old ways of being. And in a month's time, they'll start saying again how stressed they are. And it's this vicious cycle where we're living this life where we're stressed. We feel as though a holiday is going to give us a bit of reprieve from that. And we get it. We feel good. And then we come back and we say that we're going to do things differently. And then a month later, we're back in the same position again. And let me tell you, this is not the way to live. 
this is the way I used to live. I used to live stress, holiday, stress, 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 burnout, fuck, I better take a holiday, take a holiday, can't enjoy it because I'm so burnt out, come back, still continue the stress cycle. Like it was, it was horrendous for me. And when I discovered that this is actually not how we have to live our life, it was so freeing. Did it happen overnight? Absolutely not. Because the thing is with stress, particularly chronic stress, is that our nervous systems have become accustomed to these high levels of cortisol floating around in our body. And to return to a calm state, return to kind of more of a baseline state takes time because our body has forgotten what it has felt like to be relaxed. So when we do experience relaxation, we kind of get in a little bit of a tizzy because we're like, oh my goodness, this is, is this relaxed? Am I relaxed? And then we want to feel that. We want to feel our relaxation with something because we're not used to it. We're used to being on, we're used to going, we're used to doing things. So the act of actually allowing our body space and time for relaxation is really hard. So being able to give ourselves space and grace to recalibrate our nervous systems when we have been in that state of chronic stress is something that is, is going to be really important in being able to recover from stress. And the way that I like to encourage people to start introducing a bit more relaxation and um, a bit less stress is by starting small. So if we've got a really go, go, go life, then saying to someone, okay, just take Saturday off and don't do any work. If they've been doing, if they've been working for Saturdays for you know the past five years, it's going to be really hard for them to do that. So it might be starting small. It might be, okay, well, what are some things that you actually enjoy doing for fun? And, you know, I'd encourage you to think about that. What are some things that you like to do for fun? And if you find that a difficult question to answer, then that in and of itself is a good place to start. What are some things that you find fun? What are some things that you find enjoyable? And interestingly, this year, I realized, or actually last year, I realized that I had lost some of that for me, doing things that I enjoy just for me, just for fun. And so part of my goal for this year is to move into doing things that I find fun for myself because joy and playfulness are things that help release stress and help reduce stress. And as a child, they were things that we did and we had the opportunities to do them as a child. And as adults, we often don't do that. We very much want to go, 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 do, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. And if we're doing something fun, sometimes we can think, oh, why am I doing this? I'm not actually accomplishing anything. But what you are actually accomplishing is being able to manage your emotions, regulate your emotions, regulate your mood, regulate your nervous system, which then has all of those trickle effects onto other areas of your life which then gives you more space to be able to do things like expand your business or work your way up the corporate ladder because your body is not in that constant stress mode. 
So it sounds counterintuitive, but actually there's a lot of benefits to rest and play. Not easy though. (laughs) I totally get that it can be really hard and it's a step-by-step journey to get there. So yeah, I definitely don't recommend that people jump all in um, because I guess if we do jump all in, uh, it will feel overwhelming, which will then probably make us feel stressed, which is not what we're going for. So we want to do this in a bit of a graded um, a graded way because ultimately how nice would it be to be able to lead a life that you don't need to escape from in order to reduce your stress levels like how good does that sound I know for me that sounds fucking brilliant and that is you know the what I'm striving for um have I got the perfect balance not yet but I'm aware of the things that activate me and move me into taking on more of that uh, stress load. And for me, that's overworking. (laughs) And I know for you, it's probably going to, a lot of you, it's going to be the same as well because, hey, we're high achievers. We really value our professional careers and our businesses and all of the um, success that comes from that for us. So, you know, it's understandable. That's one part of our identity though. Being able to find other parts of our identity and connecting with them can really help us to manage our stress as well because when we're able to identify who we are outside of what we think other people have told us we should be, that can really help us to let go of some of those self-imposed and societal expectations of what it means to be a woman. And also being able to recognize the things that lead us to feel stressed and even acknowledging what stress is for us because sometimes we know that we feel stressed but being able to take stock of okay I understand stress conceptually but what does this actually look like for me how does stress play out for me do I have different thresholds of stress Are there levels or is it just one level? And when I hit that level, I'm stressed, I'm out, that's it. And I think this is where it can really play out for women sometimes where we've been so disconnected from ourselves, from our bodies, from our feelings, from our emotions, that being able to recognize stress versus not feeling stressed feels almost like a binary. It's either either or when we were able to start identifying, okay, this is stress level one for me. I'm starting to notice a little uh, gurgle in my tummy. What's going on there? That person said something to me. They, my sister-in-law said, Hey, can you look after the, the kids this weekend? And I noticed something happening in my body when they, when they asked me that that's an indicator of stress level one for me. Okay. I said, no. And she said, oh, but you're not doing anything. Surely you can look after the kids. Now I'm noticing my body reacting more strongly. Hmm. What's going on here? So being able to start pinpointing the different levels of stress for us can be quite helpful because 
if we're only noticing stress when it's a 10 out of a 10 for us, then it makes it difficult to take a bit of pause and space in being able to set boundaries or to say no or to choose a different way of responding to the emotions that are kind of underlying it. So I guess the key messages or takeaways that I'm hoping to convey with this episode today is that we as women are just predisposed to stress because pretty much of how we have been socially conditioned and the reasons that we've been socially conditioned that way is because it benefits people for women to be the nurturers. It benefits people for women to take care of things, to take on the mental load and to be that nurturing person, to be that good girl, to not ruffle feathers, to not rock the boat. And when we can recognize that stress has links to that, has links to just fundamentally how we were raised, which contributes to the beliefs that we develop about ourselves, then we can start to dismantle that. We can start to unpack it and we can start to unpack the choices and decisions that we're making. For example, saying yes to the sister-in-law and looking after the kids. If we're able to recognize that some of our stress comes from that conditioning, then it becomes easier to say things like, no, I don't want to. And it also becomes easier to recognize that the reason that we're stressed isn't our fault, but it also is our responsibility to start doing something about it because being stressed does not have to be your way of existing in the world. There are other ways of existing in the world where you can learn calm. And I guarantee you it is there in your body. That state of calm is in your body. It may be varied and we may have to play around a little bit to encourage that restful self to come out, to feel safe enough to come out. But I guarantee you it is in there and you can have a life where stress does not define how you operate and how you live your life. So I want to thank you all so much for listening. If you love this episode, please drop it a five-star review so that we can get more listeners tuning into the show. And if you haven't already, head over to the Facebook group, join in on the conversations that are happening over there. And I look forward to dropping a new episode off to you next week, uh, where we will have another guest interview on the show. And who do we have next week on the show? Oh my goodness. We have the amazing Evelyn Lopez, who is actually going to be chatting to us about breaking generational trauma, which is something that I love talking about. So make sure that you tune in next week, hit subscribe if you haven't already, so that you're first notified when that episode drops and I'll chat with you soon. Out of all of the podcasts that are out there, I am so grateful that you chose to listen to this one today. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a five-star review on this podcast so that we can help reach more like-minded women who also need a daily dose of motivation and inspiration to live their most authentic life. Take care and I'll chat with you next week.